Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're a Bible-believing church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and to see them become devoted followers of Jesus. This week we're kicking off a four-week message series called Chasing Carrots. It comes from Life Church, and it is all about the things that we pursue in this life that ultimately will not satisfy. Uh, this week we're kicking things off uh, by talking about the carrot of approval. Hope you enjoy. See you after the message. Great to uh, great to see you. Welcome. We are uh, kicking off a four-week message series this morning called Chasing Chasing Carrots. Now, you probably couldn't see that video. It was a little bright in here, but in the video, there's a little hamster running in a wheel with a carrot in front of it, which, of course, he'll never get while he's running in the wheel. Some of you might uh, uh, sort of surmise what this idea of chasing carrots is all about from the video, but for those, perhaps for the younger folks in the room, there's um, a couple of old sayings that are all going to connect to this. The first is, you know, when you're trying to motivate a mule, how many have actually had to motivate a mule here? Anybody? Okay, almost nobody. Okay. Mules are notoriously stubborn and they're super helpful if you want to pull a cart or carry a load. But um, if you're trying to motivate a mule, you really have two options. Option number one would be a stick. A stick would be a form of punishment. You either whack it on the butt, you know, get going, mule, or you poke it, make him uncomfortable, and the mule will be like, okay, I'm moving, and he'll, he'll move away from the pain. Now, you might think, well, that's mean, pastor. You'd be right. Uh, but punishment is actually a great motivator. Did you know that? Like most of you who drive would drive much worse if there was not the fear of punishment, the fear of getting a ticket, being incarcerated, losing your license. You'd be running red lights. You'd be driving too fast. So... Punishment is actually a great motivator. Hey kids, clean up your rooms or you lose your phone for a week. Great motivator. That's called the stick. But there's another option. You can either have the stick or you can have the carrot. And the carrot is a, a means of, of motivating that is a reward, right? So you say, here little mule, and you wave the carrot in front of their nose and they get a whiff of that glorious golden goodness. And you say, come, and the, and the, the mule follows you because he wants the carrot. Now, some people in history sort of take it even a little further, so they just mount the stick with the carrot in front of the mule. Anybody ever seen a picture like this? This is chasing carrots. All right, so the mule keeps moving towards the carrot but never gets any closer. It's a, it's, it's a game he can't win. And so when we're talking about chasing carrots, we're talking about our endless pursuit of things that we can either never achieve or things that will never actually satisfy the way that we hope they would. Chasing carrots. Now, you may think to yourself, I would never do that. I would never pursue something that wasn't good for me. <laughs> yeah. I would never pursue something that wouldn't ultimately satisfy me, and yet we do it all the time. We tell ourselves. We tell ourselves that if I just had more money, more friends, if I just had a girlfriend, if I just had, uh, you know, if I just had a, my own house, if I just had this, the career, the promotion, that whatever. And we say, if I just had that, then everything would be great. And of course, we know it isn't great. And sometimes we're literally in the endless pursuit of things we'll never achieve, or even if we achieve them, they don't ultimately satisfy. I'm going to share with you a quote from Jim Carrey. I don't normally quote Jim Carrey at church, but this, this, one, this one was worth a mention. Jim Carrey said this, and for those that don't know, he's a comedian, actor, made hundreds of millions of dollars on his movies. He says, I think everyone should get rich and famous and do everything they dreamed of so they can see it's not the answer. In other words, I was chasing carrots. And, and it, it didn't work. It didn't satisfy. I didn't arrive. Uh, now, so in this series, we're in for four weeks. And um, next Sunday, I'm going to have a video message from Craig Groeschel. He's a pastor of a church called Life Church who originally created this series and we're adapting it and changing it. So we're going to have a video next Sunday because 
Next Sunday night, we're having a vision night, and I'm, I'm working on that and preparing to share with our church some of the changes that are going on around here and where we're going, and it's going to be a great time. I hope you'll register. You can go to our website and click on the banner and do that uh, if you want to be part of that. So next week, it's going to be a video. Craig Rochelle, he's going to talk about the carrot of money and stuff. And that's a carrot that many people, maybe some of us, have pursued with uh, no avail. The week after that is Mother's Day, and I'm excited to tell you that Jessica is going to be sharing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And she's going to be talking about the carrot of perfection, chasing perfection. And then I'll be back to close out the series in week four uh, by talking about the carrot of comfort. And these are things that we pursue, and sometimes we pursue them endlessly, never arriving uh, where we think we're going to arrive. So today, we're actually going to kick off our theme today will be approval, approval. Now, I think that every single person desires and longs for approval, just like we long for love and acceptance and community and all of those good things. We desire approval, but I wanted to do a little quick survey and get a show of hands. How many of you would say, I probably care just a little too much what people think? Let's see a show of hands. Okay, a bunch of hands are going up. That's, thank you for being honest. A few of you put up your hand just to be part of the crowd, and this message is really for you. If, that, if you're like, well, I should be part of the, yeah. Uh, so what we're talking about is approval or being a people pleaser that's the extreme uh, of of approval is being a people pleaser now uh, i gotta be honest with you not that i'm not normally honest but like i gotta be particularly transparent in this moment because i struggled with this message because talking about approval as as something that is so that we desire so much that we struggle with it's there okay listen there's a lot of things i struggle with the approval of others is not really one of them like literally, I sat down with my wife Jessica and I'm like, I'm struggling, I got all these notes, I got all these thoughts, but it's just like not connecting to my heart. She's like, well, let's just, she picks up her phone, she's like, well, let's just Google it, you know, people pleaser. And she opens it up and it looks and it's like people, people pleasers, people who struggle with this, this desire for approval, they, they care really deeply about what other people think. And she looked at me, she's like, yeah, that's not you at all. Um, just as an example, last Sunday was Easter and I got myself a new shirt at Winners. You know, I had an Easter shirt, it was... I guess it was loud. I just bought it because I liked it, okay? But there were so many comments about my shirt. So let me, so this is just, this is just to illustrate how much I don't care. Um, after the first service, a, a friend came up to Jessica and said, I think Nathan's shirt has marijuana leaves on it, right? <laughs> and like, I don't want to tell him that because it might rattle him before he has to preach second service. And, and I'm like, no, there aren't, right? Like, I just don't care. So I got my shirt and, and I found out about that after. And then at small group this week, a couple, a couple of the ladies in our group were, were talking and I overheard them and they were like, yeah, I think he wore that shirt because it went with the garden theme. Like they were making excuses for the shirt that I was wearing. I actually had someone stop me in the hall between services and pray that God would use me in spite of my shirt last week, which is, which is awesome. And no, I know <laughs> you outed yourself, Nick. Uh, but I thought it was hilarious because I really don't care if you like the shirt. I, I wear it because I like it, but I recognize some people are not that way. So as I'm talking to my wife, she's like, oh, ooh, like she really feels that. Like, you know, if I leave junk all over the front yard, she's like, honey, clean that up. I'm like, why? There's, there's worse houses in the neighborhood. She's like, no, it looks awful. I don't care. So it's, it's not my struggle. So she said, you know what? We found um, uh, a website called WebMD. And it gives a list of some things that people pleasers struggle with. She's like, just read that. Because as we read it together, she's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And she's like, just read that. You'll never, you'll never get it right. So let me, let me just take a moment to read to you uh, what WebMD says about uh, people who struggle with people pleasing, all right? 
A people pleaser is typically someone everyone considers helpful and kind. We all agree, that's a good thing. When you need help with a project or someone to help study for an exam, they're more than willing to set up. And then it goes on to say, how do you know if you're a nice person or someone who fits the profile of a people pleaser? And then it's going to give us some suggestions. It's one thing to want to help people because it's part of your nature. Hopefully we're all helpful and care. But people pleasers often end up being taken advantage of by others. It's one thing to help people, but when you're helping them because you, you want to please them, and then you're like, why did I do that? Why did I commit? Ugh. That could be a sign that you're a people pleaser. Here's, here's three things, and we'll just touch on each of them briefly. People pleasers tend to agree with whoever's in front of them. Many of us learn to politely listen to others as part of our social skills. My wife reminded me that that is not a skill I was taught as a kid, to politely listen to others. Um, you agree with everyone in front of you. It can veer into people-pleasing behavior if you constantly agree with people because you want to earn their admiration. Okay? Here's the second one. Uh, people-pleasers tend to apologize. They tend to apologize for things that are not their fault. Ever find yourself doing that? Oh, I'm so sorry. Because you just want peace. You want everyone to be happy. So you're actually apologizing and it's not even your fault. Some of you are like, ooh, that, yeah, that's me. Okay? If someone feels bad, you may blame yourself or fear that the person thinks you're the problem. It's good to say sorry if you've hurt someone, but there may be a deeper issue if you're frequently apologizing for things you have no control over. Here's the third one, and then we'll, we'll stop here. The third one is uh, not being able to say no. And this is one I see often with people who really want to please others. They just have a hard time saying no. And it says you find it difficult to say no to others when they ask you for something. You may be a people pleaser. Many people, many people pleasers, say that ten times fast, um, Prefer making up excuses later to get out of the commitment instead of saying no from the start. It's like, oh yeah, I'll come. It's like, oh, I can't, I'm busy. And they kind of, but they didn't want to in the first place, but they couldn't say no. Is this, is this connecting with anybody? See, I read that lesson, nothing happened, but my wife was like, oh yeah, I feel that. So if that's you, um, I, I want to I share our theme passage for this morning. I, I think this is going to be helpful, but it, it, it is in many ways a warning. It says this in Proverbs uh, chapter 29, I believe it is. 25. I like this version. It says, it's a dangerous trap. Can we all say that together? It's a dangerous trap to be concerned with what others think of you. In other versions, it talks about the fear of man. So you're so concerned about what other people think and want that you let it control you. And he says, but if you trust the Lord, you are safe. So the writer of Proverbs says, it's a trap to care too much. Now, this is really important circle around to this idea that it is actually natural and normal to seek the approval of others. God has made us in a way that we care what other people think. Would you agree? If you don't care what other people think, you're probably a narcissist or sociopath, right? It's like, I don't care about anything or anyone. That's weird. We are made. It is right to care what our parents think. It's right to care about what our friends and our coworkers think. That's all good. But the problem happens when we care what other people think more than what we care about what God thinks. That's the trap. That's the rub. And when we get there, what happens is instead of God controlling and leading our life, other people and their voice and their opinion is leading our life. And this is where we get into people-pleasing and it's where uh, things become extremely, extremely dangerous for us. Uh, Harriet uh, Breaker, if you're interested in a book on this, uh, she wrote a book uh, called The Desire, The Disease to Please. And, and in her book, she actually talks about how, um, she talks in the book about how uh, the desire to please other people and seek approval is actually addictive. 
And just like a drug addict goes out looking for a fix, people who are really, really caught up on the approval of others will, will do whatever they can to get their next fix. And it, it can become almost addictive, which is why, by the way, let me just take a moment to give a quick warning about social media. Now, I think nothing wrong with social media. It's helpful. There's all kinds, you know, all the different social media apps are great. But if you're a person that really struggles with people pleasing, social media can be a really dangerous place. And if you look into the the psychology of how it all works, uh, Charles Duhigg's Power of Habit touches on it a little bit. And these platforms are created to hook you in. And the thing that they use is the approval of others. And so anybody who's really looking for the approval of others can easily get sucked in and addicted to it because you post something and people like it and comment it and your phone dings and, and they actually time out when it dings and when it reveals comments just to keep you hooked, right? It's like a dealer just trying to keep you fixed. And so you really want to be cautious. If you're like me and you don't really care that much what other people think, like I post a picture once a month and then I don't check my messages. And so sorry if anyone's tried to reach out to me on social media. I just don't care. But for somebody that really, really, really wants to connect with others and cares what they think, you with me? It can be, it can be, a, dangerous, it can be a dangerous thing. So just be careful. Be careful with it. So our theme verse, uh, once again, is in Proverbs 29, verse 25. And it says, it's a dangerous trap. Everybody say dangerous trap. To be concerned with what others think of you, but if you trust the Lord, you are safe. See, I believe very much that God has created every single person with a purpose and a plan. God wants, you have unique gifts, talents, abilities, resources, all of that. Uh, we're not the same. And God wants to use each one of us to accomplish it. He has a plan for your life. But here's the problem. You'll never find God's plan for your life. You'll never move forward to the places and become the person God's called you to be when you're more worried about what other people think than what he thinks, right? So there's a warning. Be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. So I want to share with you today, uh, with the time that we have, three, three sort of statements that I think will help to guide us. And whether you feel like you struggle with this people-pleasing or maybe not so much, there's something here for everybody. The, the first thing we need to do is this. Number one, we need to decide whose approval we're living for. You've got to decide. You've got to actually pre-decide whose approval you're going to be seeking. Paul, uh, for many of you who may not know Paul's story, Paul was a religious leader. He was climbing the ranks very quickly within the Pharisaic tradition in Jerusalem. He was trained by Gamaliel, I think he was. And so Paul was this up-and-coming star within the, the Jewish circuit. And, 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 and he's going to tell us uh, in, in just a few moments that he was actually pursuing the approval of others, not of God. And, and, and as he writes to the Galatians, he makes this argument. Check this out. He says, am I now seeking the approval of man or God? He was two categories. God, other people. Or am I trying to please man? He goes on to say this. If I were still trying. So Paul had done this for a long time. He had tried to do what he could to get the approval and the fanfare of others and to climb the ladder, so to speak. And he says, if I was still trying to do that, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul is going to tell us, that you have two options as far as your approval. You can either get your approval from God or you can get it anywhere else. Anyone, anything else. And, and I, would, I would say this too, that we need approval. Just like we need love. Like it's not an option. Just like we need food. Everyone's like, yeah, donuts. Right? We need, we need approval. And, and if we don't go to God to get it, we'll go somewhere to get it. 
It might be a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a career. It might be pornography. It might be money and stuff. We're going to talk about some of these things. And, 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 and so we pursue approval in all the places we shouldn't. So how do we stop pursuing it in other places? Well, Paul gives us a clue in his letter to the Thessalonians. And in 1 Thessalonians 2, he's going to tell us why he's not motivated by pleasing people. This is important. Just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. Paul says, the reason why I'm not pursuing your approval like I used to is because I already have God's approval. This is the key. Because you need approval. You're going to get it somewhere. If you can get it from God, you won't have to get it from a girl. If you can get it from God, you won't have to get it from the car you drive. Because your approval will come from Him. You're already you're, you're full. And he goes on to say this. He continues, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests the hearts. He's like, this is a heart thing. This is a heart thing. This isn't just a practical thing. This is a spiritual thing. This is a personal thing all the way down. Paul says, I don't need your approval. I don't need your approval because I already have his approval. And that's the question. Can you and I say that? And when we find ourselves searching for and pursuing these carrots that we'll never catch, is it because we're searching for our approval in the wrong place? Uh, my wife and I have this rule. I'm sure many of you have it. When we go grocery shopping, the rule is simply this. Don't go shopping hungry. And you know why. Because if you've ever done it, you go and you're like, oh, I'm starving, I should have ate dinner. And you're walking the aisles with your cart and stuff starts going in that cart that no business there. Pizza pockets and Pop-Tarts and Doritos. And you get to the till and you're like, you're embarrassed, right? You're going to put all the vegetables on top. You know, it's like a couple carrots on top of all the junk food. You know, nobody else. I guess I do care what people think. I'm like, let's put all the healthy stuff on the top. Um, but like, that's what we do, right? If we, why? Because we're hungry. And we're in a place with all these things that we think will satisfy us and our hunger is driving us to put them in the cart. In the same way, if you go out into your life, if you start dating someone, if you go into your career, if you go to a university, if you, you know, buy a boat, and you haven't already determined that your approval and worth comes from God, you will end up in your, the proverbial cart of life, will end up with all kinds of stuff in there that doesn't belong. Because you're going out life with, a, with an empty stomach. Deciding in advance that your approval comes from God changes everything. So we must decide, here I got it again, in advance. You got to decide in advance. Before you go out, before you do the thing, because if you know that your approval comes from God, it changes, it changes everything. You guys, you guys with me this morning? All right. Here's the, the second thing, and I think this is just a helpful thing for all of us. We must remember it's impossible to please everyone. You know this, right? By the way, God can't please everyone. There are people today praying for rain. I don't know who they are or what's wrong with them. But there's, there's probably some people today praying for rain and others are like, Lord, sunshine, please, this weather's been awful. Everyone's asking for different things. God's up in heaven like, I can't please everybody. It's impossible. And here's the thing. If you're tempted to try and if you're a people pleaser and you really care about the approval of others, you're going to try to please everyone and you can't win at that. You will fail. Like, hey, if Jesus couldn't do it, <laughs> you might want to give yourself some slack, Okay. Uh, I've got a passage of Scripture. I just love this passage. I've read it before, but let me share it with you quickly. In Matthew 11, uh, the people are listening to Jesus, and some of them are kind of turning on him and calling him names. And, and Jesus responds with this statement. Listen to this. He says, What shall I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in marketplaces calling to their playmates. You know how kids chirp each other? That's what he's talking about. 
we played the flute for you and you didn't dance. You're not dancing. And then they said, we played a dirge for you. Like a sad, mournful song. And you didn't mourn. They're like, we're trying to get you to do what we want and you won't do it. That's what Jesus says the generation is like. We're not so different. He says, for John came neither eating or drinking, and they said he is a demon. So John was really conservative. Didn't go to parties, didn't eat wine, didn't drink wine, didn't do anything. He ate locusts, lived in the wilderness by himself, like super rigid conservative. Jesus shows up, and it says here, the Son of Man came eating and drinking. Jesus is going to weddings and parties. He's social, he's funny, he's out with the people. And they said, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus is like, can't please everybody. If I come like really conservative, people are like, well, he's all stuck up. And if I come being friendly and, and nice, and then they're like, oh, he's just a, a drunkard. It's like, Jesus is like, you can't please everyone. And if Jesus couldn't please everyone, guess what? You can't either. You might as well give up now. Okay? Some people, by the way, this is really important, are unpleasable. I think that's a word. Some people are unpleasable. That's not the time to elbow someone in your row or make a crack about the in-laws. Okay? Some people just, you can't please them, no matter what you do. You do what they tell you they want, and they're still not happy. You just can't please them. So you have to decide whose approval you're seeing. I was thinking about, this is interesting, I was thinking about how, like, in Canada, we elect a a prime minister, okay? And the prime minister is elected, and typically, the prime minister is elected the last few elections with, like, 30 to high 30, not even 40% of the popular vote in Canada, okay? That's just a fact. Think about this. You think, well, you know, you get elected, you're the leader, and you're going to, and you're trying to lead a country of people where more than half of them didn't vote for you. Like, talk about being in a no win situation. You can't please everybody. One of the things I've been experiencing um, in the last few weeks, maybe some of you have felt this tension the tension of the mask. Do I, don't I? And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about politics and a mask in the same two minutes. This is not good for me. Um, <laughs> I'm not talking about the validity of wearing or not wearing the mask. What I'm talking about is like, I'll go into a store and everyone has a mask on but me. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be that guy. And I'll put my mask on just because I, I don't want to be the, I don't want to make, a, I'm not here to make a point. I'm here to get some groceries, right? So I'm like, I should do that. I feel the pressure, right? Then I'll be like, okay, I'm not wearing a mask this time. And I'll walk in the store, or I'll, I'll put my mask on the next store and nobody has one on. They're all looking at me like, are you sick? Do you have COVID? Why are you wearing that? And I'm like, ah, like, and it dawned on me, I actually do care what people think. I, I don't want to be the guy that stands. I just want to do my thing and I just leave me alone, right? Anybody else feeling that tension? Man, it's crazy. But that desire in us to, to please others and to fit in, it's, it's very strong. It's very, very, peer pressure is not just for high school students, right? It's not. Both my brothers got new cars recently and I'm looking at my old rusty Civic and I'm like, huh. It's like, Wow feel like I need to get with the program here, you know? It's amazing how we find our, our worth and our approval in those things. I often wondered, I often dreamed about having a Porsche, Porsche 911 convertible. That would be my car of choice, you know, if I randomly ran into millions of dollars. And I often thought to myself, man, wouldn't it be cool if I was driving around in the Porsche and I think, what would people think of me? That thought crossed my mind. Like, they'd be like, man, that guy's got it together. But in reality, they'd be like, what's a pastor doing driving a Porsche? That's... Everybody would be thinking the same thing. would be like, it was a gift, it was a gift. <laughs> but in reality, you know, I've seen other people driving fancy cars. And I see them driving their fancy car and I'm looking at them. And I never once went, oh, that person's really got it together. 
You know what I thought? wonder how I'd look driving that. Right? <laughs> and so we think we're, we're, getting, you know, we're getting the nice car, we're getting the boat, we're getting the stuff to like, so we can like feel good, but uh, it's, it's so twisted up. When you really start digging down beneath the surface, we all care so much about what other people think, and, and it motivates us, which is unfortunate. So as I introduce this third and final point, I want to go back to, to WebMD um, because um, the last one that I read, the first three were kind of like, eh, not my problem. The last one kind of got me a little bit. And, and here's what it is. I'll put it up on the screen. People pleasers, your worth depends on how others see you. And this is unfortunate that many people feel as though their worth, their identity, all that stuff is so connected with what other people think and how other people feel about them. This is, this is a sad thing. And I thought, well, that's not me. But then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, actually, no, it, it can be. It can be. Because like you, I care what other people think. And sometimes I let what other people think determine my worth. You know, the worth of an individual, your identity should be shaped and formed by God and not by others. I mean, we all talk about human rights, really, really important topic in, our, in this time, like human rights, but nobody ever acknowledges the fact that human rights came into existence and only exist because God has created each person in His image and likeness. Otherwise, we're just a bunch of animals. But if God has impressed upon each human being His own image and likeness, it puts value. If I had a coin, I don't have a coin, but if I held up a coin, it's only official monetary and it has a value because it's been impressed with a seal a stamp the queen whatever and when that stamp is put on it it has a set value and god has imprinted his image onto us so every person is intrinsically valuable whether they accomplish anything whether they're good at stuff or they're causing trouble and so when we understand that our value comes from him when we understand that he loves us in spite of ourselves that He calls us to a purpose, that He is with us, and, and, and that we are accepted by Him, all of a sudden it changes everything. And our worth should depend on how God sees us. And unfortunately, we spend so much more time you know, scrolling social media, talking to our friends, trying to find out what other people think about us. Oh, did they like my shirt? Right? Rather than saying, does God value me? What is the worth? See, when we understand that we are accepted and our value comes from Him, all of a sudden we have a full tank, right? I can forgive other people because I've been forgiven. I can love other people freely, not hoping they'll love me in return to fill my love tank because I've already experienced the love of God. This is the power of deciding in advance and understanding that your worth and value come from Him. And when He fills you up, then you're not depending on the people around you. You see, any attempt to find our identity in anything other than God money, career, family, accomplishments, anything, will ultimately leave us unsatisfied. We'll be chasing carrots. We'll never get what we hope to get from it. Did you know that trusting anything more than God is idolatry? Oh, that's a big, big sort of religious word. Let me break it down real quick. Idolatry is the worship of other gods. And you go, well, I don't worship other gods. Back in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel would turn from the worship of God to idolatry and they would worship the gods of the neighbors around them, Molech and Ashtoreth and all these gods. And so they would, they would have you know, golden calves and statues and all these things and they would worship them. And you're probably thinking, I don't do that. I've been to some of your homes. I've never seen an idol in your home. Just never. It's like, what's that shrine in your living room? It just, that's never happened yet. But those gods that they worshiped gave them stuff. 
If they worshiped the God, they would get fertility. They would get money. They would get power. They would get acceptance. They would get sex. They would get whatever. It was, there was a God for everything. And if you turned to that God and gave it your adoration, your attention, then the God would give you what you want. And so in this way, we, in our pursuit of other things that we think will give us what only God can give, we are committing idolatry. You go, oh, man. So when we put anything above God, that shouldn't be there. It is idolatry by, uh, by definition. And so we don't want to do that. There's one last uh, text I want to look at before we close. And uh, it's found in John chapter 12. Now, in John chapter 12, uh, Jesus is, is, is there and they're, they're, it's going to talk about people who believed in him. It says, yet at the same time, many people among the leaders, so these are Jewish leaders in the community, they heard Jesus. They actually believed in him. They're like, we, we think he's like the Messiah. He's from God. Like they believed in Jesus. But notice what happens next. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. So they wanted to openly say, we believe in Jesus. We support him. But they knew that if they did that, they would be social outcasts. They wouldn't be able to gather in the synagogue in the community. And then the, the scripture tells us why they did that in the next passage. It says, for they loved human praise more than praise from God. So what they had done is they valued the opinions of people more than the opinion of God. They valued the, the praise and the accolades of people rather than of God. And that's a dangerous thing. That's really the carrot of approval. When we turn to others for that which only God should and, and can give to us. See, becoming obsessed with what other people think is the fastest way to forget what God thinks about you. It's just true. And it's a trap. You know, a trap is like you set a snare or a trap for an animal. They go in and they don't come out. It snags them. And, and that's what happens when we turn to things other than God. It just pulls us deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole and we have a hard time to escape from it. You know, I, I began my message by stating that, you know, pleasing people isn't really a problem for me and sort of tongue-in-cheek. It's generally not. But uh, last summer I, was, I took a, a sabbatical that was... Uh, a season when I stepped out of my leadership role at the church and there was a bunch of things I was doing during that time. One of them was looking at restructuring our, our church and thinking about the future. So next Sunday night, I'm going to share some of, some of those things that, that I was working on last summer. Uh, but then uh, one of the things I was doing was working with a spiritual director. And this is somebody really who just asks great questions. And I would meet regularly with the spiritual director through the sabbatical process and, and he'd ask questions and he would dig beneath the church and the career and the family and get right down to like, so why do you do what you do? What motivates you? And that's hard. Like when you dig down that deep, it's kind of scary sometimes what you find. <laughs> and I, I would love to stand up here and be like, I only do what's good for Jesus and I only seek his approval. But that's not true. That, there's a part of me that cares so much about what other people think. And there's a part of me that wants to please not only my wife, which I think is a good thing, but shouldn't be above God. I want to please my kids. I want to be a good dad. I want to please my team that I work with at the church. I want to please you guys, the church. I love you guys. And I want to please you. I want to do what you guys want me to do. But as we've already stated, I can't please everyone. So that's a trap. And so when I'm at my best, and I'm assuming this would be the same for you, I'm at my best when I'm turning to my Heavenly Father. And when I'm looking to Him for my identity and my approval, when I begin with the words of my father in my ears saying, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm like, okay, I'm already accepted. So even if people don't like me, even if people criticize my shirt, <laughs> I'm kidding. It really didn't bother me. I'm you know, like, this is passive aggressive. He, it did bother him. It didn't. But 
I'll tell you what does bother me. It bothers me when I hear people like, oh, I don't like this church. And it bothers me not, not even because of me, because I love this church. I love the people of this church, the leadership of this church. And when people don't like it, I, it hurts. When people leave, I should preach a sermon sometime. Good ways to leave and bad ways to leave a church. There are, there are reasons, to, valid reasons to leave a church. Uh, but no matter what the reasons are, it still hurts because I care. But the problem is, is if I begin to care too much, it, it's a trap. It's a trap where I start to, my value, my approval, my identity starts becoming wrapped up in the response of people rather than what God has said about me. And I'm at my best when I pursue him and I put my value in him and what he has said about me. I'm a better husband, a better father, a better leader, a better pastor because I'm seeking his approval and not, and not yours. So I imagine um, there, there's something in here for, for every one of us. Unfortunately, we spend so much more time thinking about and hearing what other people think and, and not enough time opening up this book and saying, what does God say about me? What does he think? Because you'll find that if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. If you're in Christ, old things are passed away, all things have become new. If you're in Christ, you're more than a conqueror. If you're in Christ, you are loved, accepted, adopted, sons and daughters of God. So like, you don't have to go out and prove anything. You start from a place of approval and acceptance and love. And the more we open up this book and begin to read about what God has said and focus on that, what happens is what other people think becomes smaller and what God thinks becomes greater. And once we flip the scales, everything begins to change. Why? Because we're looking for approval in the only place we'll ever find it instead of chasing carrots. Would you, would you pray with me today? Lord, thank you, thank you for this morning and thank you for, for every person uh, that's here in this room. God, uh, we all long for the approval and acceptance and love of others to varying degrees. But Lord, we know today and we acknowledge that you are the only true source of those things. And Lord, that when we find our acceptance, our worth, our value, our identity in you, then we can love and care for others without needing them to fill our hearts. God, thank you uh, for what you have done for us, how you've called us your sons and daughters. And Lord, help us to, to leave this place committed to to, to, to caring less about what others think and more about what you think. Help us in this as we go from this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. We'll see you next week.